0: Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker.
1: What do we have to worry about? Well, let's look at the world situation. There's isolation due to COVID. There's an increase in deaths from opiates and suicides. We're experiencing the worst inflation in over 40 years the standard of living is decreasing. There's so many pressures on people today. How do we deal with them? Well, we're going to take an approach that, believe it or not, uses children as a guide. And we're going to talk about some of these things, the real world that's happening to us. And actually, one of the statistics that I just read that was very distressing to me is that 20% Of the population is about to be unable to meet their basic needs in terms of income. So there's a lot to worry about in our world today. And so let's see if we can't find some ways that we can deal with it in a positive manner without us being destructive or without us having to, you know, being so depressed. And my guest today is someone that I've had on the program before. Her name is Jill Robin Payne. She is a Licensed, actually, she has two licenses. She's a licensed professional counselor and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And she's also certified in E-A-G-A-L-A equine. I'm not sure what that means means, Jill. We'll talk about that in a month month. But she does radio, she does television, she has written a book. Her second book is about to come out. And one of the unique things about her book is that she uses children. Tell us, Jill, what was the inspiration for your Bimpathy books? Well, the inspiration
0: was that I wanted to have people relate, and a lot of the millennials are watching anime, which are animated figures. And the and and millennials range from twenty-six to forty-one, their parents, and so I thought, why not develop characters? so that they can empathize with the characters and they've done studies where people empathize more with uh with animated characters so i put that in the book to make it fun and readable and so the characters do all the explaining so that's what motivated me so and you
1: have you have three characters a boy a girl and a dog i do and uh
0: my my Hershey is the one that uh, motivated me to do Bo. But the characters are Beacon, Brighton, and Bo. And because it it is explaining about a concept that I call and trademark, which is empathy, which is banter with empathy. And, and empathy has like six elements for communication. And you need to communicate in order to do social skills. And that's what you're talking about is a lot of people uh were subdued during covid and not practicing social skills and if you don't practice you're not going to be good at it so we had these young kids that weren't able to go out and and be with other kids Uh, they had a mask on and so they couldn't see the the facial expressions and in the same region of the brain that you read and see words that's the same region that uh, is able to read faces so a lot of things were going on and that promoted me or that motivated me excuse me to get my book out i've been working on it since 2018 and beacon brighton and beau they're uh, beacon and brighton are fraternal twins uh, beacon is a minute older he's taller he's the guiding light he helps lead the way and brighton is enlightened by him and follows him and beau helps tie everything together so you have a leader a follower and a compromiser and so these are uh, yeah go ahead well these are personalities that people can relate to because those are the only personalities in the world if you have an instigator they're a leader so therefore um, anybody of all ages can relate to the book
1: Okay, let's let's apply um, some of these things. Uh, first, off, first off, let me just just tell our listeners that you really got some great reviews on Amazon where they can find the first book. Um, I, I like this quote. Th- this really said it to me. Bipathy is an enlightening read that is short, sweet, timely, and important. And um, I I thought that was just really succinct because I read your first book and interviewed you about it, actually, and uh, came away with with some really great impressions of what you had done and with the creativity and what you've put this together. So let's take a look at our life today. And people are really suffering in many ways, physically and emotionally. And so, consequent and from the the um, the emotional loss that we have, we're experiencing loss of people, we're experiencing loss of freedoms, we're experiencing loss of economic security. So we're we're um, experiencing a lot of things that are making life difficult. How do we start? How do we start looking at ourselves, particularly people who are on the financial border right now. I mean, are they going to slip through the cracks? I'm not asking you to answer that, but how do how do we help people to start to organize themselves to feel better? I mean, in a what I've painted is a rather drastic picture. Well, uh,
0: first of all, we need to work on ourselves, and then, uh, of course, our family unit is the most important. And if we would start by modeling certain behaviors that uh, are showing that we are empathetic towards other people. And I think that there's a disconnect. And no, I know there's a disconnect. So we were just talking before we started how complicated the world has gotten with all these devices and all these different worlds we live in. So we need to uh, start learning how to listen more instead of talk and really hear the people and see if we can find some commonality because we need to work on connecting. And that also is in my book. The first thing you need to do is communicate commonality. And once you do that, you can get connected. And the more people feel connected, the more they feel uh, comfortable and in control. So uh, these are some things that we need to do. And I say start with the community. Uh, Instead of what's happening is we're, you know, doing social media and we're out there and you really need to start small, Shirley.
1: Yeah. The social media to me is a barrier in a relationship. Yes, you might communicate on it, but it's not like being with someone, looking them in the eye. Oh, you can see them on the TV, on on your computer screen. That to me is not exactly the same. You lose a lot of inflection. I lose. I think you lose a lot of that, as you say, the the communication. Um, and to me, if right. you can't communicate, that is is leaving you isolated. And that's been one of the big problems that we've had we've had all along. But at any rate, right. your second book is going to be out. Um, in January, I believe I, I gather that it'll be in uh, in bookstores as well as on Amazon, and uh, it is also the second one of the Bimpathy uh, series. Well, let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into up-consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest is Jill Robin Payne. She is a uh, a licensed, actually two licenses, a licensed professional counselor and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And that, uh, not to segue into it too much, but the chemical dependency thing is something that has been such concern during COVID and with the isolation and people starting to rely heavily on some illegal drugs and also on prescription drugs. So uh, well put there, Jill, in terms of of the timeliness. Going back to how we organize ourselves. So the devices that we have, while we may think that helps us keep, keep in touch, they may in some sense, but they can also be a hindrance. Is that what I hear you saying?
0: Yes, there's pros and cons, and we need to find a balance. Uh, what, what is happening, though, the devices are very addictive. There they're even shows on how they've been made to be addictive. So we just need to increase awareness that we need to moderate our our uh, screen time so that's any type of screen time i don't know if you remember way back when when the uh, tv came to power and we still needed to uh limit that because if you have too much of anything too much uh exercise too much sex too much food it's not a good thing so no, what's all happening that was- is we
1: i was just going to say go ahead, to me the things that you're you're stating are all processes that cause isolation.
0: Right. And so what we're seeing in the kids, and you really don't hear about it so much on the news, is that they're very social on their devices. And once they leave that protection of the screen, they become very insecure. And so they're quiet when they get with people face to face. So we just need to practice more doing social skills. We need to get the kids out there uh, on teams, uh, you know, football team, uh, baseball, tennis, different things where they can associate with people and do physical activity. And then they don't have to talk to them. They will start talking. So Jill, these are what, things that we need to.
1: What you're saying reminds me of something that my husband and I observed back in the summer, we were at an outdoor restaurant, enjoying the weather and, and having a nice lunch, sitting outside. And at an adjacent table were four teenage, in, these, in this case, it happened to be girls. younger, I would say, probably middle school. And during the time that my husband and I sat, sat there, those children never spoke to each other. They were on their phones, the end. In- And I'm not exaggerating. They were on their phones the entire time. What in the world did they even bother meeting?
0: (laughs) So it's learned and they're learning from their peers and they're also learning from their parents. So if you look outside at tables, you'll see parents on their phone or on their electrical devices when they have an infant at the table so they're more into the phone and so they've done studies Shirley that if you have the phone out even if it's off you are going to be distracted and pay more attention to that phone
1: well we don't want
0: that no so we need to put it away I I tell people find a safe place so in other words when you're at home it could be the bedroom it could be the a dinner table, but have a safe place where they do not bring their electronics so that they can sit and, and really get into whatever they're doing in the real world at that time. So okay, th- these now, are how things are, that...
1: Yeah. How are we going to improve the way we personally are responding to all the stresses that are in our world? And I know that's such a large um, question. I'm not sure that it can be answered even, but you as you've said you find your safe spaces you to give yourself some personal time make sure you're interacting with your community in a meaningful sense not just on some device and all of those things are so critical how do we deal with which are such real stresses when you can't pay the bills when you have to choose between paying your rent and buying food i mean this is a horrible situation that some people are finding themselves in and how do how do we mentally prepare ourselves for doing that? Okay, so uh,
0: I have a, a BS in recreational therapy, and that is really important because I would teach people what to do with their leisure time and exercise. And when we are stressed, it is a physical and mental thing that is happening to our whole body. So it's sort of like when you have a lion in your room right now, you're going to, you know, want to run, you're going to think fast, you're going to breathe hard. Well, what happens when we're stressed, Shirley, is we have all this happening 24-7 to our body. So the first thing I say is do some exercise. Even deep breathing is exercise. And this immediately is going to help us decrease our stress so that we can think more clearly, because we're going to need, need to think clearly on strategies on how to budget, how to, uh, you know, make it through this time of inflation. And one thing we're missing out on, people like to help people. They really do. And some people have a hard time asking for help. Asking for help is okay. And there's organizations that can help. So when people help someone, they have all these great uh, positive endorphins that, uh, that, that develop in your body. And, so, and when you're being helped, it is also comforting. So these are some things that people can do immediately uh, to help them through this time.
1: Well, uh, and those are such practical things, I think, particularly the exercise, because it does release all kinds of good things in your body. And and it right. to me, it helps to alleviate st- stress. It really, really does seem to. It does. So it's important to set up a routine, even if it's five or 10 minutes, uh, three or four times a day, I would suspect. Yeah,
0: it, exactly, exactly. And you could do this also with a friend. So then when you're with a friend, that we're social creatures, that's also going to increase your mood and you're bantering with somebody else to find out how to solve these problems so uh, these are some ways have a you know really good healthy support system ask for help exercise and budget and get organized i have something in my other book or my new book it's called map of reflection and it's it's fairly complicated so you really do need to read the book but basically you're the center of your world and you need to think about who do you want to come on this journey with you so you, I, I think of things such as a bank. So uh, if, if, you, uh, if things are negative, they're going to take away from your life. If they're positive, they're going to add. So look at your life and see if you can omit some of the ones that are negative, whether they're people or things, and then whatever's positive, maybe build that. Going life. on
1: to that. That's really good. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to of consuming interest on the Federal News Network. And my guest today is Jill Payne, Jill Robin Payne. She is a, uh, a certified counselor. As a matter of fact, she's certified in, I believe, in two fields. And uh, well, she's got more degrees than I have. That's for certain. She's a, she's a licensed professional counselor and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Which I suspect, Jill, that latter license there is is uh, giving you a lot of business with all the the people who become addicted to drugs and who are having such problems. But at any rate, let's take so your your book, Empathy, which has gotten such good reviews. You started that book. You said what in twenty eighteen, and you finished it. Twenty eighteen. Okay, and uh, and you've you've built onto that. But it sounds to me like your new book is going to be somewhat different from, not approach, but in terms of, of the, the examples that you use. Yes, there's
0: many different strategies and, and empathy. And the reason I do that, even my very, very first book, Meeting People, It's Not a Game, I believe that there's never one way to do something. And even the the title of my book, you know, is uh, looking at the third side of the coin. That's one thing we need to start doing also in this life of ours. Instead of I'm right, you're wrong, we need to start looking at – at at different perspectives i like to say look at a table if you look at a table head on it's going to look different if you look at it from up above if you look at it from the side and so there's there's many ways to look at situations and that's how come it's wonderful to have a, a great support group because they can help you see different sides different avenues and uh you know even with what's going on in the world you may have been going in one direction, and if you just turned left, you you may uh, recuperate and have uh, much more success. So it's really good to be able to see different perspectives.
1: Yeah, I like that point because yes, if you if you're going down one and it's not road, one road and it's not working, it may be time to take a detour or go in another direction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what what would you people who are listening to us today? Um, they need to, I guess part of it would be to analyze where you are, analyze your, your financials, where you are emotionally, your social relationships. How do, how do we organize ourselves so that we can begin helping ourselves and reaching out and thinking about and putting things, I guess what I'm saying is, should we prioritize the things that we need to accomplish? Um, how do we, how do we organize ourselves? Because, you know, part of the apathy and the inertia that we've been experiencing and the isolation is how do you get started? How do you get started on a more positive path? I think that can be very so,
0: hard. It, it is hard. So you need to motivate yourself. And the first thing I tell people to do is just make the job or your goal really small. So let's say that you have social anxiety. I tell people just go someplace and sit down and be with people. Don't don't talk to anybody. You may even go with a friend. So you want to just bite off a little bit because it's just sort of like eating a cake. You don't want to eat the whole cake. I also tell people, Shirley, use your senses to help make sense of things. When you have all these thoughts in your head, you are using not one sense. You are not smelling. You're not tasting. You're not seeing. You're not hearing. People don't realize that. I'll, I'll have them come in my office and they'll say, well, I've been thinking about it. I said, yeah, but you can't see it. You can't feel it. How can you make sense of it? So the first thing I tell people to do is to write things down. And some people don't like doing that. So I say, get your a phone and just talk in your phone and record yourself and then listen to it when it plays back. And then you can edit what you have written. So a lot of times we're thinking all these thoughts and they're usually negative. A lot of times they're negative or they're irrational and you can't really see them. When you write them down, Shirley, you can see and then you just make it more rational and more positive. So these are well, some that- things I... I
1: I'm sorry, I tell my clients to do.
0: Yeah, I was just saying these are some things I tell my clients or suggest, strongly suggest that they do. A therapist can't tell a client what to do.
1: Well, that certainly makes sense because I find that imagery, being able to see something, and, of course, if you write it down, you can see it even better, that that helps me to focus when I'm having an issue. The other thing that I like to do, and, and here I am giving advice, Right. It's to see (laughs) myself, as you say, to put myself in a situation and handling it positive, see myself going and doing something, giving a speech, um, interviewing Jill, see myself doing that in a positive way so that I'm giving myself positive feedback about what I'm doing. Uh, Do you suggest that that's a technique that a lot of people could benefit from? That is using
0: visualization and imagery. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do. I, I, I tell people that I had someone, I'll give you an example. Someone, uh, when, one of my clients was praying to God and asking him for all these things. And I said, let's just tweak it a little bit and say, thank you for uh, giving me this. It is a process. If people realize that everything is a process, so if I'm thinking of doing uh, going jogging, I have begun it, surely. I have already begun the act of going jogging. So I go, you know, Jill, that's great. You're in the process of going jogging. Continue doing better each day because I have thought about going jogging. So these are things that if you if you say these things this way, I promise you you will go forward.
1: I love that. That's such a positive way to look at it. And you're reinforcing all the things that you want to do. So Jill, it's been such a treat it's been such a treat to have you on today. I can't believe that the time has flown by, literally, it seems like. It has. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But at at any rate, thank you for all the sensible advice for people and how we can get ourselves on the right path and to feeling better in spite of all the things that are going around us. And I think that's a positive message. Um, You've been listening to Off Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest has been Jill Robin Payne. She's a private practice, licensed professional counselor, as as well as a licensed chemical dependency counselor, and she's given us some good advice. Her book is Bempathy, and you can find it on Amazon, and there's a new one coming out. Jill, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you. Bye-bye.